0: Joining me now by phone is noted multi-instrumentalist producer and engineer Billy Sherwood. 2015 finds Billy currently playing bass on tour for the legendary prog rock band, Yes. Thank you for joining us in the studio, Billy.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, it's it so strange to, to think about Yes continuing in 2015. I mean, so many years later, but it, it's been so amazing to play the music and see the fans and crowds have been great and the energy is just really high and it's you know it's in part honoring chris as it should be and you know cherishing that memory and it's also uh i think exciting for the fans because we're committed to moving forward so and it's it's funny to hear you say that, <laughs> you know, Yes in 2015. It's like,
0: wow. <laughs> well, yep. that's the first. that was the first thing that struck me. It is 2015, Yes is on tour, which is always a great thing. I've seen you guys several times. But this is the first time that the band's been on tour without Chris. Um, yeah. But it's also Yes is now without Chris because he's passed on. It's just, for me, it's completely yeah. foreign to think of the band without Chris. He's been the only member that's been there since day one. It, yeah, what's it yeah. like for you? I mean, you guys were great friends, and now you're not only, you're missing a friend, but you're having to carry on for him, in a, in a manner of speaking.
1: It's it's very surreal, because I knew Chris for so long, and, you know, he was my hero and everything, and my friend as well, and, uh, you know, I had so many great memories of hanging out with him inside of Yes and, and outside, and, you know, doing conspiracy and just, Hanging out, having dinner, you know what I mean we had a lot of fun when I was in the band, and yes together we would we would constantly go out to dinner and stuff on the road he was just a blast, you know we we always got along so well and laughed and had a great time um and now here I am, you know replacing my friend here, and I hate to use the word replace because you can't replace Chris Squire It's just ain't going to happen, but you know um Next in, in sequence, I suppose, is a little more comfortable to speak about it that way. Uh, you know, Yes has always talked about evolving and moving the thing forward after their, you know, individuals have passed and, and you know, the torch to others. And, you know, Chris spoke about it and Rick and John. And, and I guess, sadly, we're, we're seeing that transition. But the joyful thing is the, the the music lives on and it's being played really well and the fans... The fans really enjoy seeing it, and so far, so good.
0: How long were you and Chris friends, and, and when was the first occasion that you guys actually had a chance to make music together?
1: Oh, God, we met in 87, 88, somewhere around there, and then we started working together a little more in, in uh, you know about 88, 89, I believe, um, is when we wrote The More We Live, which was the first song we wrote together. And uh, I think that was a estimate that one song set the template for the kind of things we were going to do in the future together because that song is just magical and uh has the spirit of Chris on it in such a large way and uh, yeah so I met him back then in about 19 you know somewhere in the, the, that late 80s period it's a little foggy now it's time so long you know I, I I always remember it when I when I met my wife you know uh, because I used to drive around with her in the car playing Big Generator relentlessly, and she, she didn't know who yes why. She like, who is this? I said, well, this is a band I'm going to join one day. <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was out of my mind. She's like, who is this guy? He's very weird. But uh, as it happened, you know, that's, that's exactly what happened eventually. It's very strange how life works.
0: We're speaking with Billy Sherwood from the band Yes. What kind of discussions did you and Chris have when he decided he, he wasn't going to tour and you were going to fill in for him?
1: Well, I mean, there were a lot of discussions because, unfortunately, his health was paramount in my mind, and that's what I was most worried about, and uh, I knew that, you know, the prognosis wasn't good, and I think I was in a bit more denial about it all than he was every time we spoke. You know, he would start speaking about his mortality, and I would tell him, Chris, I don't want to have this conversation with you. You know, I want to talk about the music talk about other things but you know you're not dying you're going to survive and you know I have friends who've survived this and still are alive and you're going to be one of those so you know let's let's talk about positive stuff and try to keep our minds focused on the future you know that's that's what a lot of the conversations were and you know I, I know a lot of people probably think you know he was explaining this that and the other but the reality was that I had it all pretty well down already and I I didn't want him to worry about that, so I, I would tell him, you know, I, I've got this. Don't, don't worry about me. Just get your health in order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, sadly, as we know, it certainly didn't take long from the first time he told me, you know, he's got some sickness going on to being at a critical mass stage, you know. It, it just it seems so fast, you know. But that's, that's how that disease is, unfortunately. It's just a killer, man.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if on some, some level he was really physically and metaphysically passing the torch to you. He felt comfortable now that, I can go, you know, and some re- he's releasing it to you.
1: Maybe. I mean, it's you know, I, I don't know. I just know that a lot of my conversations with him that I took... I don't want to use the word lightly because that's not the right word, but but the, the tone and the tenor of the conversation that I was having with him upon reflection were a little more uh, like he was, you know, queuing me up for this and, yeah. and teamed me up for this. And, you know, it's, it's like a father telling his son, you know, you're here's the keys to the ranch and the third drawer, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it just, and I look back on a lot of our conversations and, and I didn't at the time think that, but now when I look back, I can see, you know, this guy was handing me messages left, right, and center because, as I said, I think he knew his fate better than I did, and I don't know if he was being, you know, completely honest with me about the stages that he was in because he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want me to be sad and bummed out and, yeah. and you know, lose sight of what the real, he thought was the real target, which was, you know, you got to get in there, do your thing, and keep yes going. That's that's what he wanted. You yeah. know? He, he wanted just yes to keep going. That's what he told me, and, and you know, he, he said... Just do your thing, and I think we'll be okay. You know, don't don't try to copy me. don't Don't play a Rick and bop if you don't feel like it. You know, and, and don't don't worry about running around doing my antics. Do your own thing. You know. So, uh, looking back, as I said, I think it was much more revealing than I actually even understood at the time.
0: It's it's kind of cool that he you know give you the keys to the ranch or the pick to the four thousand and one. But but then again, he just said to you, don't worry about sounding like me. And that was one of my other questions: was how do you approach, you know, not replacing him as you said, uh, like filling in? You're filling in for Chris because you, in your mind, it was a temporary thing, and and I wish it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how do you approach it technically? Like you, you don't want to run out and get the four thousand one just because. No,
1: no, I was never really a Rick and Marker fan to be honest with you. I- I like playing those basses uh, that, that, you know, that are ergonomically comfortable in my hands. And for me, where, you know, Chris was a bigger guy than me, he was, he was you know, his big stature and all that, and uh, his hands were huge, and, and, you know, where I pick, where I like to pick mostly is right where that, that metal pick guard is <laughs> that covers the <laughs> strings. So yeah. when I was a kid, you know, and I went, I finally had enough money to buy my first Days. I went to the store and played a four thousand one, and was shocked to find you know what this I don't, this isn't for me you know so I never have played one in my career ever. Uh, as much as I worship Chris and by the same token you know Jocko Pastorius was one of my heroes as well and I've never played a Fender as much as I love Jocko. Oh, I can't, just s-
0: feel, you know? <laughs> I can't believe you is my
1: feel. You know,
0: can't believe you said so, that. But yeah,
1: so so uh, you know I think just I go about it how I always go about my own thing which is just play as best as I can and try to keep everything together which <laughs> last night <laughs> and there were <was> some issues <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm watching the Facebook and
1: I didn't, didn't realize that the Steve Lowe solo was over and I was back in my dressing room waiting for someone to come in and tell me and I thought God, is this take taking a long time and I started walking back towards the stage and I just heard through the PA Billy <laughs> like a mother calling his kid back home for dinner And I just freaked out and ran to the stage. And in my haste, I fell and (laughs) went up and took a bow for the fall.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: These things happen. I've had nightmares like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I, I try to just do the best I can and do my own thing and not imitate as much as honor, I guess. That's, that's a cool,
0: cool way to put it and the tour is going well toto's opening and kicking butt and taking names Tour's
1: going really well i mean all things considered you know it's a joyous event where people are celebrating his life and we have a beautiful uh tribute to him in the set and uh the fans are, have been so amazingly warm to me i can't tell you how many messages i've gotten Uh, you know, in support and condolences for Chris kind of combined, and, you know, uh, so from my perspective, the fans are, uh, you know, for the most part uh, on board with what we're doing here and and the objective. you know, and for the people who say, you know, no Chris, no yes, I say to them, that's not what Chris said.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) So... You know, I, I'm going to do what Chris said. I with all due respect, I appreciate your opinion, but I'm still going to do this because this is what my buddy asked me to do. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that's the God's honest truth. So, uh, you know, forward we go. We'll see what happens.
0: We're speaking with Billy Sherwood of Yes. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to In the Studio. Yeah, I've interviewed a few people, and I've called them the busiest people in show business. But I think you are because be, between playing and yes, <laughs> mixing their music, a couple of new solo CDs coming out, uh, and then you know, I don't know where you find the time. Are you recording on the road in your hotel room, or
1: um, I do that. Yeah, I've actually got a mobile version of my studio. I use Digital Performer at home with all the plugins and the whole nine yards, and I made a virtually a, a car a copy of that that I can put in a very small suitcase. I carry around with me everywhere. And that's what I do. So if I come home from somewhere and I'm walking and I'm thinking of a song or something in my mind I can come home and sketch it out or if someone needs an overdove I can slam it out or as was the case, I you know, I just was mixing stuff in my hotel room night before last because I I had to do some things uh for another label that I was working with. So I, I you know, I work all the time. I don't sleep that much and I work all the time. I must admit, you know, at home I don't sleep really that much at all but out here on the road doing what we're doing you know physically it's pretty demanding and I'm finding myself actually finally getting five six hours sleep at night mostly because my body's just going "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh don't get up so uh you know but I'm a workaholic you know what can I tell you oh uh you know but I'm a workaholic you know what can I tell you it's a disease.
0: I can imagine. I want to read something that someone posted on your Facebook page uh, about your last CD, and this is a quote. It says, The last solo album, Divided by One, features some of the most mind-bendingly, ear-expandingly creative and original music of the past decade. I'm so excited to hear the new solo material. That's pretty high praise.
1: That's very, very nice to hear. I mean, you know, I I do these things, and like, uh, you know, I, I... I do them very selfishly, you know, where it's really for me to enjoy what I want to do, and I put them out and hope anyone likes it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So So uh, to hear something like that is very nice, but, you know, I uh, I just, uh, I, that's my wheelhouse and my genre is this, this kind of music that's made, but it's, it, you know, when people latch onto it, they, they either dig it or they don't, but uh, it seems to be that a lot of people are enjoying these, these things, and I'm happy about that because... You know, it's, it's art, I try to make it art as, you know, just a serious commercial shot at trying to make it a hit. I'd rather have a, an incredibly artsy record, which is what a lot of my records end up being, you know. Um, the new record archive has, it's, it's not like uh, some of the other records where there's these big lengthy songs, a little short ones, they're kind of normal, straight ahead length tunes, but I went to town on the arrangements and the production. And, and made it a little more proggy in that way. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear people like the music, Then it's, it's inspiring, and it, it inspires me to keep going.
0: Um, I know it's early days, uh, but any thoughts about continuing on with Yes? I mean, are you, are you happy oh, to yeah. be? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's we're, we're doing really, really well as a band, you know, politically speaking. I, there's a lot that goes on in Yes, it's not just the music, and <laughs> you know to survive <laughs> hanging out with these guys it takes a special breed
0: <laughs> you're the third person that I've interviewed that's played with Yes uh, Julian Kolbeck was another guy he interviewed and he said yeah sometimes I was in the middle of it sometimes I went for a tea and got out of the way yeah
1: that's funny um, yeah I mean my plan is to stay and the, and the band is asking me to stay and you know I don't see anyone else uh, on deck so to speak so for now I suppose the gig is mine and, and until further notice, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we'll see what happens but my passion and my spirit is for yes and you know the guys know that from a long, long, long time ago they didn't just figure this out. I mean this goes way back now with them and and I've toured with the band in different formats and you know and uh, I've uh, always tried to serve the band well which really is, is you know, my goal is to have the fans happy. That's, that's the idea. You know, as opposed to my solo stuff, where I don't really care who likes it. And I just do my thing. But yes, I'm, I'm concerned, you know, that's because it's a band, and whenever you're working with a band, you know, your concerns expand into the other areas of the band. So, But uh, they know my passion and my will and my spirit, and, and I think that, you know, strangely, this is is the time kind of return to the band. I, if you'd asked me, you know, hey, at 50 years old, you're going to return to Yes and play bass. You know, I never would have believed it. You know what I mean? So all of this just fell into place in such a bizarre way that I'm still trying to process it all. At the core and center of it is the loss of my friend. And, um, you know, the follow-up to that is the fact that a week before he died, he, you know, he said to me, keep this thing going, you know, uh, be yourself, play the music and just you know, make me proud and, and do your thing. And those words are ringing in my ears every night that we play. And, you know, I guess until I'm fired, I'm, I'm hired. So here I am.
0: So fill us in a little bit musically about what you've got going on uh, in new releases. It's
1: kind of a re-release, if you will. Uh, I did it, uh, I'm doing a thing with a label that's releasing my seven solo albums that I've made to date and uh, they're putting it out as like a best of, so they're taking one track from each, and then there's three bonus tracks on that CD. One of them is a Sting cover I did of the song called I Hung My Head. I just love that tune. I did it for fun. And then there's another disc on the same label that's coming out, which I had released last year, my last solo album, but I only did it for download because everyone was telling me the CDs are dead. So I thought, okay, well, let's just do download. And then all I got were emails and messages. We need this on CD. So it's finally coming out on CD. That is a lesson learned right there. CDs are not dead. In fact, they're quite healthy. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on in my world.
0: I would... uh... Be remiss to, if I didn't ask you about working with one of Canada's favorite native sons, William Bill Shatner. You wrote oh, and performed yeah. all the music on <laughs> Ponder the Mystery, and you also produced them. And as a producer, I ask you, another producer, how do you produce Bill Shatner?
1: You know, I did not know that until I dove in with him, and then it was easy as pie. I mean, he's just such a sweet, loving guy. And we immediately hit it off. And... Uh, in a way, a lot like what I was with Christopher when we met, where there was this almost a feeling of like, God, we've known each other before here in a past life or something, because this is just this is too easy to get along with each other. I feel that same way with Bill, and, and you know, he's he's always just so loving and warm and sweet. And, and on a working level, he's really professional. You know, you don't screw around in the studio and dilly dally. The guy wants to get in and get it done, which is how I like to do it. Then you get on with other things. Right. So working with was, was very very easy we basically co-wrote the album i wrote all the music and he wrote all the lyrics and then i i told him you know i want to make a serious album that has a real art flow to it i don't want a, a sort of you know people were expecting him to come out with a sort of you know comedy version of things and i said i don't want that i want it to be serious what do you think I said, i'm into it let's go and so he trusted me and we composed all this stuff and he came up with the concept of a you know, a guy sitting on the beach late in life and pondering the mystery of the universe and his place in it and and you know I I think it was a very introspective view of Bill and you know, I don't know if people realize the level of depth in those lyrics, but that's his heart and soul right there, you know, and and I know the guy now and, you know, I've hung out with him enough to know that's that's him, you know, on, in the words. That's that's him all the way. So it was cool to be able to get that personal with the guy, you know. And now we're just friends. I actually, I did a session with him about three days before I split for the Yes Tour. Some label called me and said, we wanted to the redo the cramp song, Garbage Man. <laughs> uh, they're doing a Dr. Demento tribute. Uh, and I said, sure, you know, I'll do that. So I, I cut the tracks real quick before I split, and I went over to uh, Bill and and we recorded at my friend Scott Walton's place, Funker Studios in Van Nuys. We got together and we slammed out the vocal, and it was real, real crazy, real quick and easy. And uh, you know, had a great time, had some laughs. And he's, you know, he's always, he's always you know saying to me, we got to work more together. And I said, you're an actor, I'm a musician. You know, there's only so much <laughs> we can do with that combination, yeah. <laughs> unless you want to make me an actor or vice versa whole time I think we're going to have to figure this out so he actually before I split he said I'm, I'm doing some other shows coming up and they're asking me to produce this that and the other and I want to involve so it's very kind of him to always think of me for his stuff and, and uh, I'm always there for him if I can be because he's just a great person I'm, I'm very honored to have him in my life as a
0: friend sounds like a very charmed life in general it's a blessing I mean I count my blessings
1: every day man you know, because a lot you know, goes on in life, and for whatever reason, I've been super lucky to be able to to work with so many of my heroes and make such great music with them, and you know, at the peak of all my career, and the center of it is going back to me being a 12-year-old kid standing in front of Chris Squatter live and looking up at him and going, that's what I want to do, you know, and it, it just so happens that the guy I was saying that about has made it so, you
0: know. That is a, that's a goosebump-worthy moment right there. Yeah, sad. Billy Sherwood, thank you very much for taking time to speak with us on In the Studio. Uh, where do we keep tabs on all things musically Billy Sherwood? Where thank you, can we you, go ma'am. on the web?
1: Uh, well, you can assume my store is under construction right now, my site and my personal site. So you could, you could go to billysherwood.com, which will be operational in a matter of days, and that's where Archived is going to be sold. Um, and the other stuff, you can, uh, you know, follow me on Facebook, man. Come on. Even though, like I said earlier, you know, I, I can't add any more friends. I so don't take it personally, people. But, uh, and I try to get back to everybody as best I can, but to be honest with you, my Facebook message box went from my, you know, normal. I used to get 20 or 25 messages a day from fans or friends. It's I it, after, after Chris passed, you know, I can't keep up. I'm trying oh. desperately to keep up with answering people because I feel so guilty when I don't. So I really try hard to reach out to everyone. Anyone who wants to talk to me, I'm quite happy to talk back. So those are the means. Those are how you, you would find me. And, you know, anytime I'm around, call me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Billy Sherwood,
0: thank you again.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.